RadioInfluence.com. I guess we've stumbled our way somehow into the DJ Can podcast, of course, with the lovely Miss Britney Spears. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I told you she was coming back. My girl, probably one of my most favorite people in the world, Miss Tony Howard. Lo, how are you? I'm so great, guys. Thank you for, you know, this is like my favorite podcast of all podcasts and, and i appreciate that thank you so much look, look i appreciate you for all the times you put up with britney i know i'm here to hold her up but oh, i appreciate you oh yeah it's, it's definitely britney who's the problem <laughs> you know what you know what, be, no. you know what, before we even get too far into this podcast like can you just tell me from a distance what can i do better as a man because i don't want to ask britney because her because you know as as the male part of this podcast and and i take the podcast like a relationship right so if you were a relationship counselor right and you listen to me and britney because britney says actually she said this like and we'll take this podcast as the place that she and i have kitchen talk so with her being the female on it she says that i am quite the problem in this relationship so from a distance if you could give us some counseling, just start with me. What could I do better for this relationship that Brittany and I have? You know, I mean, listen, I, I don't I don't know because I don't know what the problem is. But I, well, I, I can tell you about six problems. I can tell you what's it's, the problem? it's her bad attitude. That's one problem. The second problem is <laughs> Brittany. Brittany don't care about my feelings on this podcast. That's the second problem. That's the problem. That's the biggest problem. The biggest problem I have is I have feelings on this podcast. I have things that bother me about Britney that I'd like to talk to and get out. But you know what she does? You she know, starts, as a therapist, she, you know what I would say? What feelings would say? are not fat. What? Feelings are not fat. Yep. Okay? Feelings Remember are not that. fat. Okay? So, so, you know, you're going to have to manage, manage, manage those feelings. I Man, feel like feeling. I feel like right now I'm up against some black and brown girl magic right now. I just feel like I just feel like I'm <laughs> hey, up, up against that. Hey, listen, okay. You feel it. You Look, feel as long it. as you know, I think that's a step in the right direction. Acknowledging magic. Oh well, Thank there you, you go. Yes. And, and and speaking of magic, it's it's put me in a good place because check this out. I got a surprise for you two ladies, because first of all, like I sent you guys a couple of notes, and I was like, oh, this yeah, this is maybe what I want to talk about. This is maybe, and then I thought about it. Tony's back. And there's been a lot of things going on in Tony's life oh, that we Lord. haven't that we've got to catch up on. And then another okay. big thing I want to talk to you about, Tony, and we'll bring Brittany up on this, is you and I had breakfast one day and you enlightened me on some very good things when it comes to like the digital space and some of the things you've been working on. And I thought that was a much more productive conversation to have today as opposed to you know the chaos that's going on on social media what people oh, look yeah, like the yeah the pop culture uh -huh. because some of the things that you're doing since the last like the last time we saw you since then you've dropped a podcast since then yeah. you've got so many things going on on linkedin that i don't even know if britney knows about so so i feel okay. like this is a great episode to like like i said and this maybe this is a step in the right direction for me i am all about for this episode black and brown girl magic that's oh, what, that's that's what that. i'm about in this episode so 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 what i'd like it. to do is let's start by just catching up on what you've been into since the last time we talked and then yeah like i i know britney will be all into this conversation even though i know it's a surprise to her 
the conversation that you and I had about social media and what people are doing to monetize it and some of the things that you've started to work on, I just thought yeah. would be a dope conversation to have. So let's just start with first off. Since the last time we spoke to you, and I think yeah. it was, was it was it right after the election, Brittany, when Donald Trump had got in the right office after, and we had we had yeah. you and Crystal on, right? And I came back to tell y'all, I told y'all that 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 you know women were gonna you know help us win this thing. Y'all right. worried, right? Um, yeah, yeah. No, that I think that was the last time we talked. That's right? The, that's the um, last time that you were on the pod. I mean, I've yeah. talked to you since. since. Unlike, unlike, yeah, unlike, we talked. Yeah, unlike you and Brittany's relationship, that don't that y'all act like y'all act like Brittany. it's me. I reach no, out to both dare. of y'all on the regular. I reach out Listen. and check on both of y'all on the regular because that's Listen. what I do okay. as a man, as a protector of my of my <laughs> loved ones. <laughs> so so what what's been going on? You know what? Brittany, we... Brittany sends me all kind of love. Says, mm-hmm. I, I, I know about y'all. Little, I know about y'all little because she'll be like she be like I heard from Tony today. Girl, <laughs> I can text her. I can text her. You, well, Tony sent me a DM. Girl, look, hold up, hold on. Here, Tony. Yeah, Brittany sent me no, a DM. Don't look, don't hate, don't hate. I know. <laughs> Secretly, I think that comes from a place of jealousy, Brittany. I think Loki wants to keep me to himself, so me being friends with you is problematic. But we're not gonna <laughs> deal with your therapy. Not today. today. Yep. Not, not today. Not on today. Yeah. No. <laughs> so you know, I think you guys. One, you inspire me because you know people have been saying for years, like we really need to hear more of your voice, and we we need you to you know create a podcast. And I was always like, I don't have the time, right? Like I just don't have the time. Yes. And being on here in this podcast and the amount of, um, you know, feedback that I received and people loved it. And I was like, okay. And, and, and honestly, you know, you were sort of the plug, you know, with radio influence and them being able to um, add me as well in my podcast, the corporate tea podcast. And so, that has been going so great. We just recently filmed our um, most recent episode, and I'm I'm just excited. So that's that's number one, right? That's one thing. And then Egan and I had breakfast, and we got into this deep conversation, Brittany, about you know what is troubling about social media, and also what's great, you know. And I'm a big proponent of like kind of owning your digital footprint and really being able to put out your like I call it your electronic resume of what you you know who you are and and really controlling that narrative however Mm -hmm. i think that sometimes likes and follows um be you become sort of um they become like a savior to people right and they continue to perform for those things and it's just like most of the wealthiest people um smartest people that i know don't have any social media presence at all so, you know, and I think it's about the era you grew up in. I mean, Egan and I are old enough to remember when, you know, there wasn't even like, you know, the Google. Uh, Wait so, a damn minute. <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Oh, okay, 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 okay. He said, had, don't, he was said, it he said, don't include me in that. But I remember when it wasn't no Google. I look good for my age. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I think we were having this conversation and we were also talking about, you know, so for me in terms of like business, you know, it's about strategy in terms of like, how do I do things that build a legacy for myself, but, you know, really sort of layering um, partnership and things that help monetize, you know, my business and my purpose and my zone of genius, so to speak. And so um, I try to be pretty strategic. So it's always, it's not, your followership to me is not necessarily an indication of like conversion to money, right? 
And most yes. of the way that I make money, you know, at, you know, as a consultant in this work, are those people are not on Instagram. Um, so I think there's a beauty in me acknowledging that, you know, it's important for me to, you know, build social presence in that way. It only helps to solidify you. But I always wanted to be, I didn't want to be famous or be an influencer just because I'm an influencer. Like, oh, you know, somebody just decided, like, I got a lot of followers, so therefore I influence. I, I really, it was important for me to, to be credentialed and be an expert. And as a byproduct of that, I was an influencer based on that. So, and that's not to knock anybody who influences, whether it's fashion or beauty or anything like that. But so we were talking about. Hold on, let me, let me, let me pause that, you for a second. Let me pause you for a second. Yeah. Let me pause you for a second and catch everybody up too, because like, like, cause I'll let you go. And then all of a sudden we like, we like in this space, I got to catch some people up with, what is your first, let's start with, because I have to bring people up yeah. to how we got to the conversation, because that to me is a very important piece, right? Because there's a piece of me like that, I be because I'm into this thing, and Brittany, how we move around the space is, everybody puts things on numbers, and it's this, and it's that, you got these followers, you got these yeah. likes, right? And it becomes this yeah. thing of you think that people are really moving the needle. So, over the years, me watching this stuff, and I think one time a story came out, this girl had like 2 million followers or something like that, and they put this t-shirt thing on her, and the girl couldn't even sell 2,000 t-shirts. Like, she couldn't even move 2,000 t-shirts, but you got 2 million followers. But... If you watch what's going on today, everything is numbers. Oh, she got this many followers. We should yeah. mess with this person. We should mess with this person. Mm-hmm. So Tony and I were in this conversation. And again, this is just to bring everybody up. It became a conversation of people having a lot of numbers, but are they really even like able to make a living? Like they got all these numbers on Instagram. They're doing all this stuff. They, they constantly worrying about a content or I got to take this picture the right way. Or I got to do this video. Or, I got to come in and film this. But what are yeah. they? Re- what's the ultimate goal, right? And so my right. goal actually is like my business matters to me. What am I doing to move the numbers at my events? What what do these numbers translate into people at my events? Me selling something when I'm actually trying to that sort of thing. But I think what's important before Tony goes much further is Tony. What is your first? And for people who haven't heard you on the pod, what is your first line of business? What do you do first? Because I could just I could read your LinkedIn yeah. off because it's heavy. I could read your LinkedIn off. It's heavy, yeah. So, so by trade, I started out as an HR practitioner and then moved into the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and then also consult, right, as a consultant. That is not necessarily like, you know, Instagram or Twitter per se are not, the way that I move on social wouldn't be the typical way that somebody who might be like an entertainment or beauty or those type of things. So it's just a different way of moving because my core audience in terms of how I would make money or grow money would not necessarily be <laughs> on Instagram in that way. They might, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I have to think a little bit more strategically about my voice in, in that piece. Right. Okay. Now, so we got it. Your, your beginning part is HR. And then I know the more that we talked and had you on the podcast because this became like something that I definitely was like, you gave me a lot of light on and we had like deeper conversations, me, you, Brittany, the other guests that we had on here, because we were going through this thing of Black Lives Matter and corporate America yeah. was all of a sudden day diversity and these diversity and inclusion officers and things like that. So somewhere in there, did you feel like that's like I, I know, like and believe me, if you know, Tony, the way that I do, she has always been very much pro black. I do respect everybody, but pro black is where we yeah. gonna start at, and and you've always yeah. and I love that about you, and and that's a space, right? So when we started having these diversity talks, did you somehow, when everything started going on, let's say George Floyd and and the election and that sort of thing, did you feel like your focus 
of not only being in HR started to shift a little more with what you had to like do in your regular job with diversity or were you already in that yeah. space? Did you feel like you shifted a little bit more when all of that was going on? I mean, I think the world was shifting even before that. Like we were already having conversations, you know, you and I, there was so much going on in the world. Um, I think the challenge with corporate is it's so heavily influenced by dominant culture beliefs. So for many people of color, it's hard to do corporate. I don't care what industry we've had this conversation, entertainment, what, no matter what. I mean, I think our initial when I came onto the pod was kind of talking about some of your experiences, even in entertainment and how they were moving and, and who was sort of getting the opportunity to have upward mobility. Right. So there were already challenges there. And then the summer happened. And um, I think the world, there was sort of this reckoning in terms of the world being able to watch. I think this isn't new if you look historically. I mean, I think there this happens every, you know, 20, 30 years where there's something that is kind of this reckoning that kind of makes people kind of stop and stand still. And so that combined with the pandemic, I think is two things is changing the way that people work and they look at talent. And also, um, I mean, I think the pandemic taught us that we have to really create work for ourselves as pandemic proof, right? So it changed so much about what I did, um, but I think we weren't really, it wasn't cool to talk about, you know, racial equity. It wasn't cool to talk about diversity and inclusion. Um, it just wasn't cool before. I mean, and I hate to think that someone's murder um, would make something necessarily cool or provocative or hot to talk about. Um, that's the unfortunate part. But it was um, very taboo to be talking about racism in the workplace, right? right? So this, so in many ways, this opened a door for people who had already been in the trenches, right, to come in and and then it was sort of like you're just not gonna get, you know, my intellectual property because you it's the new cool thing. Let's talk about, you know, how how we can partner on this and what I can do to help. Um, so it did it advance, um, you know, my my overall business and the way that I move in business and the things that I do and the opportunities both in corporate and outside of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and then you moved into this space. And again, I'm, I'm just bringing everybody up to where, you know, the progression when I saw like the, the shift in you. Like so you and I have always had like these conversations and you'll sit me down and you'll yeah. be like, Ekin, like. You, you're giving this away, Eakin. Or Eakin, pull it back. Yeah. Stop doing so many favors. Or Eakin, uh, yeah. no, yeah. they're not. They shouldn't get that one for free. And it's made me rethink yeah. a lot of things that I do because you really, like I said, you're like that sister that be like, but didn't I tell you not to go there for free? Didn't I tell you that? Didn't I tell you that? So when yeah. I come back to you and I'm I crying. Am, I am the, didn't I tell you that, friend? Yeah, right. Uh, and it, and, it, and in, a great, in a great way, though. And I appreciate it. Yeah. So then somewhere along the line, you started a little bit more consulting. Am I correct? And, yeah. and, and, if I'm, yeah. and if I'm saying anything wrong, correct me. Now, when you started no, no, no. the consulting thing, was it more of a, of a, because you, because part of my problem with it, and you know, I, I had this, I told you this, I was like, it seemed like all they were doing in corporate America to me was creating diversity and inclusion officers or a position. And then yeah, they were sticking yeah. a black woman in the, in the position. Right. So yeah. when you started yeah. consulting, where did, where did you fit into that space? Cause they were already creating these office, yeah. these officers. Right. Yeah. So if they got them, yeah. why would they suddenly be talking to you as a consultant? Yeah. 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 Well, to believe it or not, um, just because you have like an officer position doesn't mean that you don't hire 
um, consulting companies or consultants to support that body of work. There's a lot of work to be done. So you often see those two go hand in hand sometimes, right? So that's, that's not to detract. But for me, a lot of my work came into that middle space, right? So you think about Fortune 100, 500 companies, but the middle space is what kind of gets lost. And so it's those companies that are multi-million dollar companies, and they probably have an employee base between 400 and, you know, 3,000 employees. So wait a minute. Um, so, so in the world of my entertainment thought, it would be, it would be, not Lil Nas X as a new artist, and not Jay Z as big as he is, but T Pain in the middle that got a catalog. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They I just got to make sure I keep right. up. Got to make sure I yeah, keep up. Okay, it, so T Pain in the middle. Okay. Right. So T Pain in the middle company, <laughs> and finding finding your niche is really important. And so in those in those mid sized companies, what it allows me to do for one, they're more flexible. There's less bureaucracies. They're more nimble, and they're more their ability to change and, and it be impactful because there's far less employees was sort of my sweet spot. Um, and then helping companies to really um, rethink logic around culture and, and, and diversity, inclusion, and equity from the beginning is, is a lot easier when you think about like a hundred year Fortune 100 company, you know, you're talking about some of the big boys um, helping those types of companies. And so my passion has always been around how do we help elevate these conversations? And I can get in and kind of sink my teeth in, but these are still multi-million dollar companies. And so in terms of like, you know, making money, there's there's still a lot of money to be made there. You know what I mean? So that's the biggest thing, right? Um, and 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 it's kind of, in a, in a way, when you start to move in your business, I always say, you know, everybody wants like making money you know, everybody sees it and they're like, oh, making money is cool, right? So you film yourself getting on the jet, holding up the bottles, all those types of things. But there's a lot of self-wealth, right? There's a lot of people doing amazing, huge things that are just not like, you know, and I appreciate the amount of, you know, you know, attention I've gotten with this new LinkedIn partnership and, and people, because because to be honest with you, like it never was cool being like the HR girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like no <laughs> right. one thought like no one's like, yo, that's so cool. I wanna be an HR when I grow up. You yeah, know because I mean? everything like, I talk so- about the everything I talk about the HR is one of two things. Either when I get the job, I go through all the things to let me know, sign all the papers, yeah. get my pack taxes yeah. right. Or yeah. when I go in there again, I'm either in trouble or we're like, right. this is probably gonna be your last day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um- and that's the only thing that people know about HR and there's the industry itself is so large and there's so many things you could do. So people always think that HR is the person that hires you or fires you, but then there's like all these things. Think about it like the music industry, right? So it would be like me judging you guys on like the one thing like, oh, you know, you the radio guy. And you're like, okay, there's a ton of people. There's like people who do sound and lighting. There's people who do, you know, who produce and people who do, you know what I mean? Like, right. so that's kind of how HR is too. It's so huge, but the only thing people ever know is person wired to fire, right? Yeah. yeah. Brittany, did you want to jump in? Cause you know, I could, I could. Well, I was out, well, because she mentioned the, the LinkedIn partnership. Well, I was going to so get to I'm that. Like, how did that. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Cause I was going to, that, that oh. and that, that yeah, way, let me, let me go. Cause that. I'm, I'm, I, what I'm trying to do is drive the car on the track to get everyone to how, how Tony got here and where we're going and, and how it yeah. all meshes with me wanting to talk today even more about, it ain't always about the numbers. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. that was a conversation that, that she really let me in on. That's what I want to bring everybody here to. That's why I'm, I'm slowly going through how she got to this space. Because remember, Tony's always been like my behind the scenes advisor. Like she can party with me. She will. And she will party with me. But when I need that hard talk, she'll give me that one too. Like I ain't even got to call her. Tony will just call me. 
Hey, let me holler at you for a second. Let me holler at you. Let me, yeah, come on, let I'll me holler at you. things and be like, what you doing with your website? What's right, let me holler like, at you. Yeah, right? On, so yeah. she's always been that person. So when I saw, when I when we started talking to her more on the pod and people really got to, started giving me feedback on the dope things that she was saying, these are things I already knew. But then I watch and I'm watching Tony suddenly move into this space where I'm like, Tony's in front of the camera like like having real conversations and this ain't just HR. And so I was like, girl, I'm proud for one, but for two, let's talk more about what you're doing. So to your point of you started doing more consulting, the diversity inclusion yeah. thing definitely became a bigger conversation. The kind of companies yeah. that you kind of targeted with your business. And again, I'm yeah. going to circle this yeah. all back to our conversation and, and about mind, numbers. I want to say this too. A lot of times in this world, like you're going about doing your thing, you know, you and Brittany, and y- y'all are doing your thing. You're like, dang, you see, you you might see someone in your same lane doing something bigger. And you're like, how do I get to that? And I always say like, stay in your, I tell you this all the time, stay in your zone of ease, right? Do right. what you're supposed to do and do it well. And as my friend Tita always says, do you do it well and do it consistently. So I, I've been doing this for 18 years, right? Building a career. And I would say over the last 10, heavily focused on building a brand. I've been featured in Forbes. I was a contributor for Black Enterprise. I mean, I've been, I I ain't new to this, right? Right. Like I I was in the trenches before it was cool to be in the trenches, you know, talking about careers, talking about, um, you know, Black and Indigenous people of color and how to move the needle internally and externally all for, for years, right? So suddenly this thing happens. And so one day I get a phone call from account executive, um, a content manager from LinkedIn, right? This is where Brittany want to know. This is where Brittany want to yeah. know right now. LinkedIn. So post post George Floyd, um, uh, you know, LinkedIn, part of their commitments as a company um, and some of the feedback that they were getting was that their library, so LinkedIn acquired LinkedIn.com um, a couple of years ago and then Microsoft acquired LinkedIn. And, and that is what? Um, that is what exactly? For those who don't know what that is. Basically, one company bought another company and then bought another company. And so it was an acquisition, right? No, but um, I mean, like, is that the, like a learning platform? Linda, yeah. So okay. Lynda.com was a learning platform um, and uh, that a school teacher had created for teachers. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. She got caught the eye of LinkedIn, LinkedIn acquired. And I might be saying this out of order that Microsoft acquired a, a one or the other, right? I don't, I'm, I'm not quite sure who acquired who first, but I think the way I'm saying it is correct. And um, it's it's huge. And so that learning platform, oftentimes major companies uh, actually buy that learning platform inside their companies. So you think there are like however many Fortune 500s in North America, um, and a large part of them have already have relationships with LinkedIn because it is like the professional Instagram, right? It's the professional platform right. um, for social. And I was always a LinkedIn fan. I used to teach LinkedIn classes. This is this opportunity with LinkedIn is like, I, you know, I ever see like, you know, something is like a God goal because it wasn't even on my list because I thought it was not even possible. For right. Me, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't, I, you know, I always wondered, but I never, it, it, you know, like, how do people become instructors and, and, and thought leaders on their platform? Who knew? So post George Floyd, they were making some commitments and they start putting out fillers around like, Hey, how, how, you know, we, we want to increase our presence, um, for, you know, black and indigenous people of color and voices. And some of the feedback we've been getting is that we need to not only, um, increase our library of instructors in terms of representation, but some of the topics need to be, people are saying like, they need to be realer and not fluffy. Like how, how can we have real conversation? And my name came up from someone else, right? 
um, from another instructor and uh, the account uh, manager executive that, that is over there looked me up and I was doing what I was doing, doing it, you know, well and consistently. Uh, and um, she reached out and I got an email and was like, shut your mouth. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and um, she reached out and was like, hey, we want to do this thing. And let me tell you a little bit more about it and what it looks like. Right. And as we, I, I listen, it's one of those things that like she had me at hell up. Right. Like it didn't matter what this lady said. I was probably going to say yes, because I'm such a big fan of LinkedIn. And then as we got into it, you know, my imposter syndrome kind of kicked up a little bit because I'm like, man, you know, a lot of the authors that are on this platform, particularly talking about this in this space, have, you know, much either they're from huge roles like you know they're the cdo of netflix or they are you know they have massive followings or they've done these major things and i was like you know starting to feel like am i am i good enough um but i was like you know i pushed through it and man you know it, it's proof you know typically um when you do when you author a course for first-time authors with them they anticipate you're going to get somewhere between eight and fifteen thousand learners that take your course um, in the first 90 days. And today I'm, I hit 150,000. Boom! It hasn't oh reached 90 God. days. Boom! Yeah. I saw that. I was like, That's whoa! amazing. I know. It's crazy. And it's a global platform. So, you know, it makes you, it puts you on an international stage. And I've had the opportunity because of that. So when it launched, it also launches to all the companies who already have partnerships. So their learning management systems have this thing. So they put me on the banner, um, the header when it first launched, like, hey, new, new, new uh, course. And I started getting calls from companies. And one of the first companies was DraftKings. And I'm like, DraftKings, like, really? And, you know, we got on the phone and we started talking. Um, and I did a, a virtual fireside chat, which is just kind of set a fire of people who want to do um, chats and have me come in and talk about it. So it's just is like it's the gift that keeps on giving. But again, it's if, if I had to tell a story or the moral of the story really is, you know, you look at social and you're looking at somebody and you're like, oh, this person has one hundred and fourteen thousand, two hundred thousand followers and it's like you don't know if that was a Beyonce fan page before she converted it right? right and so that doesn't necessarily equate to engagement that doesn't necessarily equate to that person being tapped into their zone of genius and being able to convert those followers to a there doesn't even mean that there's a business other than just posting pictures to be right. depending on it right and so one of the things that I'm really serious about is like how how do we build wealth right and how how do we, and I'm always on, you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, wealth building and how do we do things um, to set ourselves up for success, you know, personally, because it's like, y'all are too talented, you know what I mean? To just be sitting on it and giving it away and trading hours for dollars. Right. So can we get a round of applause again for the 150,000 people? Can we get a round of applause again for that? Like, yes. and, that and, and again, that is why, like I said, I wanted to shift the conversation because I thought it was like a First of all, a real conversation that I think people need to hear because yeah. and before we go any further too, what is the what is the topic or the title of your course that's on LinkedIn for people who may be out there yeah. in that space? It's not you know what? It's it's dealing with microaggressions in the workplace, right? Okay. And it's not even like it's like, you know, you know, how to TikTok or like you know what I mean? You would think <laughs> it would be like but right now in the world it was so timely. You know what I right. mean? Yes. Like we're dealing with so many things. 
And the letters that I've received across the world, and particularly the letters that I've that I've received um, from Black and Latinx, you know, women, just like, listen, sis, like you told my story, right? And you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I communi- com- communicated to the team was, you know, if I'm gonna do this, I want to do it, um, you know, with a team that has some diverse perspectives. So requesting a diverse team, but also. Um, and so my content producer was fire. She, you know, shout out to her. She's just amazing. But also, I think um, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't stuffy. You know, it is it is professional, so to speak. You know, it's not like, you know, but it is so real. You know, I wanted right. to make sure I, I there was storytelling and and that it felt like you you saw me as an authentic black woman in the space who was knowledgeable, not just because of my background, but also knowledgeable because of my lived experiences. And so um, I think they did a phenomenal job with the creation of it. And I think that is telling, I don't want to pr- make it seem like, oh, you know, this is all me. Sure, I wrote the content for it. Um, but ultimately, this is because I was I was in my zone of genius, really. And and people, and, and I did justice to people, uh, you know, who've had the same similar lived experience. And so it just, it has resonated. I woke up this morning and it was like, namaste from Mumbai. Let me tell you why I love this horse, right? And I was like, this is wild, right? All the time I'm getting stuff, you know, China and Poland and Canada. uh, I mean, I posted some of the feedback and the letters I received and it's super cool um, to, to, to see it resonating across the world. Now, perfect. Now we are where... I said this this conversation would come full circle, which is exactly where to, now everybody's caught up to now where Tony and I were sitting at IHOP here in Tampa and the conversation yeah. turned into this. And you mentioned a couple of great points. And I take this I always take when I have this conversation with with you or about this stuff. I take this back to a tweet that J. Cole made a long time ago. J. Cole made a tweet. He said, I only have like 500 followers and he was so happy. And then he said something like, I don't have a lot, but I'm thankful for every one of them. And one of the things yeah. that one of the things that you talk about, and I hear people often talk about this too when they talk about social media, is the audience that's actually engaged with you and really rock with what you do, right? And yeah. and 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 you know, I've had some industry friends tell me too, like you could have a hundred thousand followers, or you could have the right one thousand that buy every song, that buy every T-shirt, that want every right. wristband, that are every time you go live, they there, and that is your audience. And when yeah. you and I were talking, right, you were one of the things you said, you was like. I ain't got no super big following on social media. And you gave me a couple of stories about people that had like pretty big followings, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 followers. And you would ask them, like, how are you monetizing that? And they couldn't even really tell you. And even if they made money by posting somebody else's stuff, they were they didn't even know what they were making because they were spending just as much trying to keep up with the content. Yeah, yeah. New hair, makeup, all those things, you know. One, if there's nothing about me, even will tell you like I'm a good business person, yeah. right? She don't so play by her numbers. She don't play about the numbers, bro. She, and she be like, where we, where we counting on the back end with that money though? Where, where, where that's at? Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the calculation on that, right? Um. So so you know, I think that's what is most problematic. And even today, you know, when I was posting about the hundred fifty thousand, you know, I had a follower. She was so eager. She was like, I love this platform. I think it's a hidden platform. So now, since what you got to do is make a course on how to make like a popping course on LinkedIn. I was like, nah, you missed the, you missed the caption, sis. Like, I'm not making, no, that's not my zone of genius. There are amazing people who teach how to create courses. 
I mean, the plug really was, there's an amazing, people don't realize like that was produced by LinkedIn. There's an entire producing team, right? Uh, uh -huh. High-end equipment. I didn't do that, right? I created the content, but ultimately the answer is already in the capture, right? It's like stay in your zone of genius and be an expert at what you do and do it well. That's it. That's the answer. People want to, you know, people are so eager to give you their money online and for you to tell them something like, but the answer is there isn't a shortcut. There isn't yeah. a shortcut to doing it correctly, right? right? Like this is 18 years of work. And then you see 150,000 people do the course. Like I can't make a shortcut for you of 18 years. Right. Right. You know? Right. Um, and so, and I am so, you know, my, the way my integrity is set up, I wouldn't dare like, sure. I could make a course and be like, come by this course for $49 and get a thousand people to buy a $49 course, right. you know, or a $490 course, right. You just keep up with it. $4,900. Right. <laughs> and get 10 people, same numbers, right. You see me doing the math in my head. Right. Yep. And, <laughs> And somebody, no matter what you think you're worth, somebody will pay it, right? So so at the end of the day, whether that's 10 people, 20 people, whatever, but the way my integrity is set up, I want her to know. I'm like, listen, sis, like, I, look, that's, that's not my, that's not my, I want to stay in my lane. And I tell Egan this a lot of time because, you know, when you have a lot of um, presence and power, people are drawn to you, right? And they want to mm -hmm. like, you know, and so you're spinning up, you're creative, you're spinning up all these ideas. And then all of a sudden you look up and the the very thing that you, you know, we're supposed to be doing and we're good at, you're now all the way over here, right? And there's a book um, that I love called um, Profit First. It's like 90 pages. Everybody should read it. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, corporatepreneur, whatever. And he talks about just like how you start your business from the beginning with profit in mind and how you get really good at what you're good at. As opposed to, you know, you always hear this thing like multiple streams of income. Well, that's good. But if you ain't good at the first stream, right. how, how are we going to get, you know? So it gets confusing with, you know, multiple streams gets confusing with like multitasking and being busy and looking like you've got the a grind, lot going on. Right? The social. grind, right? The grind is the word, the right, grind. Tony? Yeah, the grind. I got, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. <laughs> I'm grinding, I'm grinding right into the ground and broke, right? And so um, that's kind of one of the things that me and Ethan were talking about. It's just like, you know, social has such an impression on us and it's important for people to know. I hate, you know, being one of those people like you probably are not going to. Well, maybe if I if the first time I fly private where like I actually like flew all my friends private, I probably am going to take a picture. I'm just going to say like, I'm going to be in that picture, I'm be in that picture like this. You I'm going to be in that picture like this. But like, I probably can do, do it every time. Like I probably be like, "Hey, this is all of us." But I probably won't do it every time. I but I, I will. I will say that, like, you know, ultimately, you know, it's about like being rich in mind and spirit, um, and not looking that way. Um, and I think we're obsessed with looking that hey, way. I looking, there's this lack of patience, which sometimes I struggle with too, where it's like, you know, you feel like you're working so hard too at the same time. And you're like, you know, this isn't happening as fast or, you know, you feel like some type of way. And so that's the other part of it too, is like accepting 
you know, that this takes time, that everything that we see that someone has, you know, most of the time I would like to think that it's been years in the making, you know, but we just see right. this product at the end of it. We see yeah. the final thing and, and the blessing and we're like, oh my God, like we could, we should be there. But so yeah, yeah that plays into it too. Speaking of, speaking yeah. of things that, that people see online and Tony, I don't know if you remember this, but I want you, I want you to tell, I'll, I'll try to remind you, you were telling me a story about how and we both see it, right? People will watch these people online. And they're like, you should buy my course on how I got, how I made this money, this millions, right? But in reality, yeah. they ain't rich until everybody bought a course. Remember you yeah. were trying? You right. were trying. <laughs> so they're actually not, they're really what they're monetizing. So without knowing the P&L, they actually did not get rich from the actual course that they first created. They got rich from teaching you how to get rich on making a course, right? And the two things in terms of application are very different, right? So that was exactly like the young lady who was like, now you gotta teach us. And it's just like, this is my first course. It, it does, did exceptionally well, but for me to then tell you like how to make a course that meets, you know, that reaches a hundred thousand, it's like all a play on words, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I would rather, you know, take a few years, build an empire. And, and then maybe, you know, I might feel like, hey, I can teach people how to build a successful entity or company or whatever. But the way my integrity is set up, is just like, I'm not looking, um, you know, and that's capitalism, right? It's a personal choice. I'm not knocking people who do it, right? Because there's always a customer, right? There's yeah. always a customer. But I think we have to be careful out here you know, who we consider to be experts and for what reason. But I'm also cynical. So, you know, if you get me to buy something, you real good. You basically over. Right. You know what I'm, <laughs> for real. You know, I'm so like, I ain't buying that. Like, right. I can, you know, I can go. And, you know, it's so funny. I have one good friend who is an amazing teacher. She teaches women in businesses. And she, she told me this one time. She said, Tony, I could literally, she said one time I created an ebook. And everything that was in the ebook, the ebook was on my site. The ebook was like, I don't know, $29 or whatever mm -hmm. on her site. And people would email her and be like, I just want time, you know, with you to walk me through like my business. And she would say, everything I'm going to tell you is in my ebook, it's $29, right? And she was like, but if you want time with me, you know, my rate for like my day rate is like, I don't know, it was astronomical, like $10,000 or whatever. She was like, people would rather pay the $10,000 than to read the $29 book. And she was like, and in life, you have to remember you're the $29 book person. Like, you're just a person who was like, if I can go get it myself and learn it myself, I will. And she was like, and those, they're two different, very distinct people. And they're always going to be people who will pay for it. And I was like, that's insane to me. Like, if you tell me I can give you $10,000 and it might be a risk that I apply none of this. So I can buy a $29 ebook. I'm buying the $29 ebook. So you know, that yeah. is so true. I follow, cause like I follow Gary V and I, are you familiar with Gary V? Yes. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I love him and, because he's very real about both sides. He's making a face. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not sure why, but I, <laughs> I do appreciate his honesty, though. And I remember like because, you know, he does the, the public speaking. He does the motivational the talks. And every year he's got, you know, selling tickets to that stuff. And he'll put it out there even himself. A video of him asking the audience. All right. Who's here for the first time? And, you know, with their hands raised. Who's here for their second time? Hands raised. Their third time? Hands raised. What the fuck are you doing here? He'll say, like, what are you doing here? How did you not get this the first time? Like, you're right. wasting your money. Like, at you're, this point. Right. 
And he would tell them straight up, like, you should not be here more than once. You really don't even have to be here once, but okay, <laughs> well, I get it. So yeah. yeah, but there's some people who are real about it, but like there's two people, you just, you know, if, if, if they think that something can save them, and there's a price yeah. tag, they'll just pay it, you know, without actually yeah. trying to save yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is that it the work is what gets people, right? Yeah. Right. That's the thing, right? And I tell people all the time, like, you know, until I can figure out, like, the work piece, like, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, like, ideating over, like, you know what I mean? And people will spend thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, trying to make money right like trying yeah. to figure out how to make money and you're just like that makes no sense to me right so for sure yeah yeah i think we just live in a world i think we just live in a world or two and and this isn't a knock on your generation Brittany, or the generation that's coming behind you but with all these apps and everything we're living in a world now that it's a, it's a it's an instant gratification like there aren't letters being written because yeah. i can send an email you don't even want to call me and talk to me because you can shoot me a text and talk to five different people at one time instead of giving one right. your undivided attention. It's just where yeah. we're living at. And I think that this story yeah. with you, Tony, again, why I wanted to have this conversation. And it's such a great one to me because the big point in this is, yeah, we see the end or not even the end, but what's happening right now with this course. Right. And things have kind of taken off. But you've been at this for 18 years. And one of the things that you and I and I can I can attest to this because you tell me this all the time. Your lane, bro. Your lane. It's working. You yeah. make like like it's yeah. funny to me. Like I'll be walking around and somebody will tell me that I it don't it don't even be in a conversation. Somebody hit me the other day and I had hadn't talked to them in a while. So I had said happy late Mother's Day. And they said, by the way, podcast is fire. So it lets me know that me and Brittany doing something right. And I don't I didn't ask her. Right. I don't even always right. know who's listening, right? But when someone tells right. me that, I go, damn, I'm doing I'm doing something that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's working. Yeah. We're sticking with it. We're doing what we want to do and focused on where we're going, right? So if nobody takes yeah. anything else from this conversation with you, that's one of the big things to me that I think that people need to hear, especially, and I love it coming from you is mm -hmm. you stayed focused on what you believed in and where you were going to go. And you dope at what you do. And by being dope at yeah. what you do and sticking to that plan, when he, when, when, when he, it wasn't, it wasn't just luck. It was like the timing and the opportunity, I guess they call that yeah. luck or whatever, but when it met, yeah. you were ready. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, I think also to the other piece of this is I think that being relational like you and I are is a dying breed, right? Like if anybody knows me, I'm extremely relational. Like I my Rolodex is fire, right? Like I can put yeah, like that, that's that that's that, that DJ can phone boy right there. Boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know? And I think that's a dying breed. I think the ability to leverage a Rolodex of amazing people, you know, everybody wants the Photoshop. They want to, they want to be the cool kid in the room, but you know, for every, like, you know, Jay-Z or Beyonce, there's a ton of people who create that machine that are dope that nobody ever knows about. Right. right. For me, I always wanted to be that person. Like I don't got to get in the picture to be in a room. Right. And so, mm -hmm. For me, I always thought it was cool because th those are the people who are really, you know, I want to be the person who's just like, I'm in the investment. Like, I don't want to be the person buying, you know, I don't want to be the consumer, you know? And so I, I think that that's one of the things that we lose sight of. I think Ekin and I are both incredibly relational in that way. And something about like kind of new age and how people move, you know, um, I, I will shout out to like millennials and centennials. They're incredibly relational with one another, you know, and they big each other up, but not across. And I think that's something that, you know, obviously like, you know, 
we could all do better on. But I think one of the things in business that's really helped me out is my ability to like have build great relationships with amazing people too. Right. right? Because then that's how your name enters the room before you do. Right. Right. Exactly. And if I, and if I, if I am one to say like, I, cause you have to say that like, there's some really dope things about each generation, the millennials and the generation after them and after them, yeah. one thing I, that Dave taught me is cause I was very big on, I could see you, I could shake your hand. But the one thing I've learned is that the world is a big place. So it's when you true. talk about, yeah. when you talk about LinkedIn, right. And you putting, you putting the con the content got on LinkedIn. That's a worldwide space. And like you said, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, we could we could walk outside. We could walk across town. You're not going to touch that space the way that you did when 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 you did that partnership with LinkedIn. And now all of a sudden they put right. your content that you guys developed together on that platform. And you're not even expecting, like, you know, somebody from Toronto is like, this is so dope. Somebody that, you know, what I'm saying yeah. that that English is their second language is like. I needed to hear this. And that's what I think that we learned from this generation as well is like, y'all reach out. The world is a big place and you can reach some, meet some really dope people out there that may not be in your backyard that you're not going to walk into across yeah. town. And it may take you years to finally meet them in person, but there's some dope people right. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, you know, social, if you use it the right way um, and you don't let it, you know, affect you understand everybody's putting their best representative out. Right. You know, I don't put out when I fight with my husband, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, some people do, well, right? Some people do. I just saw that the other day, that but I, that's another story. Um, that's another show. But for people but for people who, you know, are looking at it and they're home and they're depressed and they're compared, like, everybody's putting out their best representative. It's how you control your digital footprint. And, you know, you're not saying, like, the hard days are really had, you know, uh, most of us aren't. There are a couple of us that tell everything to social, like, it's our diary. But there, most of us are putting out the best representative of ourselves. And I think if you can remember that and keep your feet flat to the floor, you you can really make some momentum. I think there's a beauty in what social can do, like you said, in terms of reaching out to people, meeting people. You know, I've been able to meet amazing women that I otherwise would not have met if it wasn't for social, right? Because they are in another state or they're in another country or whatever. Um, but I'm also um, reminded that I got to do something with the relationships. They can't just live in this bubble, like in the life. Yeah. I got to pick up the phone, set up a Zoom, whatever that is to connect, right? So it's that connect piece too, because you just never know what you could do in business. One of the things that I loved initially about Clubhouse, but now Clubhouse is crazy. But when it first came out, it was such a like cool private hidden gym right and it was a way and I met some amazing people early on as an earlier adapter um and now it's just you know it's kind of yeah. <laughs> I, I felt wild. like that and, and not but, to get off on a tangent I just felt like Clubhouse got crazy when random people that I knew didn't take this game that I'm in serious started either asking me for invites or telling me they needed to be in and when I first got a hold of Club Clubhouse shout outs to my man Dave Melhado who like is definitely on the, the digital space and got it understands it heavy when he sent it to me I hit him back first and was like I thought it was a spam or something and he was like nah bro that's legit it's for me right so and I went in there and I was like you Tony I was like this is a space and I don't know yeah. what it is about me I'm kind of selfish when it comes to entertainment because I feel like me too. I feel like mm -hmm. not enough of us take it seriously it's become this thing now that, yeah. and I feel like now especially once SoundCloud and all these things became popular and the technology and the, and the software that we have on our computers and iPads or whatever that I could really get lucky like the three of us could close yeah. this out right now right and come out tomorrow and make a song I got mayo on my ham sandwich and it goes viral on TikTok and now yeah. we artists 
Meanwhile, you got dudes like Babyface and them who laid the groundwork that really went in the studio and worried about making this a craft. And it really was a business. And I'm not saying that numbers yeah. and money don't do a certain thing. So back to my thing about Clubhouse, that's what it was to me. I, I, I almost was getting offended like I created the app when certain people were yeah. asking me, like, yo, let me in. Yo, you got any more invites? And I was only looking <laughs> at people that I, I was like, you take this serious. Like, I would have looked at Jason yeah. and said, I would have looked at Jason and said, you want in Clubhouse? I would have invited him because I feel like he takes this industry, whether it be right. from the radio side, yeah. whether it be from the sports entertainment yeah. side, whatever, he takes it serious. And I think that's kind of what went wrong. And it's another <laughs> example of the it's problems with social, right? And capitalism, right? I think Clubhouse could have been so huge if it stayed exclusive. Right. Right? Because there's something about wanting, because I, I would have rather monetized paying a membership to stay exclusive than to let everybody and their mama in. It's right. sort of like what happened to the blue martini, right? Like if, if Florida was just like, you know, like a thing, and right. you start seeing your cousins and them and they're just like, oh man, it's right. like, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, it's one of those things, right? I think, you know, I, this is kind of what social does, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that there is, and that goes back to that relationship piece, right? When it starts to get noisy, you can't build those relationships, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So. And Clubhouse became foolishness, too. I, I hate to say it. Like, like so many people, after Meek Mill and academics got into an argument on Clubhouse, it's like everywhere. When I was in Publix, the crash, it was like, hey, you in Clubhouse? You a DJ, right? Girl, you you, you work at Publix. Nothing, no disrespect, but Clubhouse? <laughs> Clubhouse? No, really? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Why do you even know what this is, right? right? You know? I, I, I am grateful that I was able to have some amazing conversations before it went crazy and to connect with some, you know, amazing professionals, some some big name, um, you know, diversity and inclusion experts before it got crazy. Now, look, every only time I go in Clubhouse is when it accidentally activates through the notification. Right. I'm like, what is talking? That's, hey, that's like, yeah, that's like that's, you feel like you're walking into somebody live and you're the first one in there by mistake. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I did not mean Oh, that. my bad. <laughs> you feel like Homer going back in them bushes, like. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Um, before you get out of here, first, uh, the couple things I want to do before you get out of here. Being your HR background and being that you do move around the LinkedIn space a lot and it's one of your favorite applications that you have told us. Could you give us three pieces of advice for people using LinkedIn? Because I know it's not Instagram, but yeah. I've seen people, people out there asking me to add them. And I'm like, bro, this is LinkedIn. I can't do, I can't do it like Instagram. I try not to do it like Instagram. But if you could give well, us three you know, pieces of advice for LinkedIn, for using you know, LinkedIn, I, I would think, say. I think that each platform speaks a different language, right? Mm -hmm, and so people have sure. their personal preference, right? You know, Instagram is it's fun because there's a little bit of everything, right? And so, but you can kind of be your most authentic self. And I think that's what draws people to Instagram. You know, I think the, the stigmatism that LinkedIn is trying to move away from um, is is that, you know, everybody was like, oh, LinkedIn is for like, you know, professionals. It's all stuffy. Like, I, I don't know how to move in that space. Um, and I think there's so many things you can be doing. I was just talking to, um, you know, someone the other day um, and I was telling them like, they're trying to build, you know, their, their marketing, you know, kind of firm and branding. But they're, they're always on Instagram and Facebook. And it's just like, why? You know, you can go live now. You can. And to me, it's just a Rolodex of great ways to like cold, not I won't say cold email, but to build relationships of people to showcase what you're doing professionally mm -hmm. um, and, and in a way that translates much better than like, you know, say an Instagram or Twitter or whatever. 
So I think it just is like, you know, you take someone like you and Brittany and it's just like, okay, there's an entertainment piece to you, but there's also a business piece to you, right? And so it's like, what do you want to be the business piece of you? Why don't you guys own, I know you do, Egan, and I don't know if Brittany you do, but you have to own your brand. Like, who who is Brittany? Who is who is Egan? And, and you are the CEO of your own brand. So the things that you're doing professionally, how you're partnering with certain you know, teams or, you know, businesses, like all of those things are ways that you can brand yourself and market yourself. You can pin those things to your profile. To me, um, your LinkedIn profile is your digital resume. And most people don't know that there's a PDF button. So if you keep it up, you just PDF it and it turns into a re resume. It deletes your picture and turns into a resume. Um, there's so many things. They're now moving. There's a new function now called creator mode where they're helping people amplify their voices. So if there's a specific topic, like maybe from a business perspective, Brittany, you're like, you know, I'd like to see more Latin women in this work. And so when you talk about that or the challenges that you have or how you can bridge the gap in Latin women in entertainment, you use LinkedIn for that, right? And, yeah. and how can you repackage the things that you're doing on this side to fit into that space? I just think it's a forgotten about space. And I think that there are ways and people wait till too long, right? Because entertainment is all fun until you need to get paid. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I think with me, though, and then Brittany, you may have had this like LinkedIn to me. It was it was always like a I don't know if scary is the right word, but, you know, like my life is. It's, Didn't it's, I it's, redo your LinkedIn page? Again, ago? this was before I'm giving examples of real like, like oh, this is uh. this is authentic here. This is not this is not like I didn't have the right people to talk to that. I still probably need to go back in and talk to you again about we I probably need a little bit of a refresh. I'm proud to get my own consulting with you and get a refresher because <laughs> there's some things that I'm adjusting. But I think if I can speak for me and then maybe Brittany, you felt like this as an entertainer. Right. I always I feel like my life is fun. I feel like it's a good time. But within that space, I used to have and I still do have I fight with how to not the business of me as a brand of like the party guy but what I found too in entertainment especially I found this in radio and I found this a lot when I went into spaces that didn't exactly look like me was like well you're a DJ how you got all these ideas but, yeah. but people what was funny was like when you got me you saw I was already doing all these things that's how you got me like you don't get to pop right. you don't get to pop from hip-hop unless you hot like, that's why Drake stay yeah. on the pop charts. That's why Jay-Z stay on the pop charts, because he hot. He was already hot in the urban space. You, If you get to the top of the urban space, then you go in, and, as they say in radio, to rhythmic and then yeah. pop. So you knew about me as a black dude in a market like Tampa because I was hot. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But when I would get to these rooms, it's like, how you don't want to let me in this room when you saw, like, eight ideas I did before that? So that's, to me, what LinkedIn... And, and go ahead. Part of that is because we don't take care of the business side. So... What happens is we become a character of our non-existent brand, right? Ah. So if you're not building out who who is Brittany, who is Ekin as a business person, right. right? Right. What am I doing? What am I invested in? And so when we did that project years ago, when I consulted for you, and we pulled out your philanthropy with you know I care about me, and we pulled out you know your hosting and the main you know you know all the things that you had done with all these mega stars, and then your you know your as a DJ. And we really created like a whole full scale voice for you. Like this is who you are. It makes it more digestible in business sense. So to me, I think when it comes to branding, it really has to be like, how do you create a brand where it makes it digestible in all platforms, right? 
part of why it seems intimidating to be not only invited to those rooms, but to participate in those conversations is you don't quite, you become like a character of your brand. So you want to stay where it's cool. And that's the thing with entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of entertainment painters end up broke. One, they're not reading contracts, so they don't know like the back end of their business, those types of things. But then also because they don't know how to build and layer in long-term money, right? And those yeah. are the people who do, like Jay-Z, figure it out and they make money over money over money, right? So it's just like, how do you leverage those deals? And the only way you can do that is to perfect the business version of yourself, right? And those are the things that I love about, you know, when I'm I'm on a rant with you in IHOP in Tampa. That's, and that's what I love. <laughs> so do you recommend, do you recommend, how often do you recommend someone check up on, like, their LinkedIn or resume or like, okay, let's talk because yeah. this space that we're in, I think, you know, from an entertainment side or from a, to me, I think that this conversation is about people who have like a, a double thing going on. And it may be, they may be a, a part entertainer like Brittany and I are and part, like you said, need to be handling a business to make sure that as time goes on, their business is mm -hmm. under control or they could be like you are, you're very much in the corporate space and doing your job every day, but you also have this brand that you're running beside it. It's not it's not overwhelming the other one, yeah. but you've you've got it kind of to a pat. So for someone that's in that's in the space that we are right now, talking to you, how often do you think that they should keep adjusting? Should it be a six month thing, a quarterly thing? And also well, I think there's two parts to this question. Should they, as I'm fortunate enough to have, and I don't probably use as much as I should, but I'm definitely gonna shoot you an email today, should they look outside of themselves? to get that consultation help from someone who understands it better like you do. Yeah. I mean, I think you should, right. You should build a Rolodex of people who do this thing and kind of help you figure that out. But to me, I guess I always ask the baseline question. Like, so when you guys come up with some content, right. You think about like, Oh, naturally I need to put it on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And then you speak differently on all those platforms. No one ever says like, how do I transcend this to, LinkedIn, right? Um, now, there are going to be some things like if you TikTok in, um, and, you know, Soldier Boy, like it, all of that, like it may not work on LinkedIn, but there are a lot of things that I see both you and Brittany do just using you for an example that I think could be packaged for, for LinkedIn in a way that makes a whole lot of sense, right? And then there are people who are over there that are like, because here's the thing, if you want, and I told you this all the time, if you want to do large corporations use hosts and MCs and DJs and like, like that's where the money resides. How do I find a DJ? You know, how do I find a host? How do I find, you know, you have companies now creating podcasts, you have companies now. So whatever that is, it's just like, how do I find those people unless I connect with them in my world, right? Mm -hmm. If you want multi, you know, if you're doing something, say, you know, Brittany, you want to, you know, you one of your goals is to, to do, you know, branding and influence brands. Um, and, you know, someone is in corporate trying to figure out, I wonder if there are any like entertainment you know, hosts and people who we could use in the Latinx space, like for the, these products, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, and but they don't know where to find you because you're not you're not on LinkedIn, and they socially ain't they they're not combing the you know the the Instagram. They haven't ha they haven't looked up the hashtag twerk shaming. They haven't looked up the hashtag yes. twerk shaming. <laughs> yes, and if they do, and if they do, now there's like a melting pot of influencers and they're going to start with like, you know, those the big, big you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's important for you to figure out like, you know, a lot of people who are professionally making these decisions internally in corporate 
um, and organizations, they have LinkedIn pages and are engaging in that way. And so there's just another lane for you to create like the business of yourself. So um, that's my feedback. I mean, I think everybody should be should be doing, you know, should, should be making sure that they maintain um, the business of their sales and their careers. Like that's the most important thing. Like even if you have a corporate job, like who are you outside of that company? Even if you, you know, if you're in entertainment or beauty, like who are you outside of, you know, who as, you know, that influence that you have, you know, um, how are you going to make money long term? And, and so, you know, I'm a big advocate for that. I could talk about it all day. But well, I just, but, well, the yeah. thing with me, Tony, and I don't mean to cut you off. It's like sometimes this beauty just exudes out of me. I don't always want to put this on people. And they, they like, oh, he just, he just, he just want to show his beauty off. I don't want to do, I, I just want to teach people with this you product know. here. I just want to Listen. teach people. Like, look at his side profile. I just want to let teach him, people. Just let them have yeah, it. I mean, people with I, this I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. You are sort of Benjamin Button. Like, I probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's that cocoa butter. I think, you know, I need to call Palmers. I need to call really Palmers. Do. You do. would be a great. You literally look the same. For like, I don't even say the years because I don't want to tell them. I need to call Palmer. I just thought about that. For a really long time. (laughs) I need to call Palmer. They literally look the same. For real. Uh, So, yes, it is definitely a Benjamin Button situation. So, you could definitely get some sort of beauty deal for men. uh, I need to make a phone call somewhere. Tony, I want to say, again, every time you come here, I feel like it's two against one. That's the first thing. That's the first problem. But again, <laughs> again, in the world, so, we so nice in today. the world, in the world of black and brown girl magic, I am so glad that the two of you sat with me today and sit with me almost any time I ask. I, I appreciate that. And again, I, I am very big on, and I tell Brittany this all the time, of giving people their flowers while they can still smell them. And I just want to tell you two again how much I appreciate you. And I appreciate the time today. Like I said, um, in my mind, I thought of a lot of different things that I could talk to you about when I was like, yeah, let's bring Tony back. Let's see if Tony's got time or whatever. And then I thought like this yeah. conversation here and as we had it and it developed and all the thoughts that you, my, you, myself and Brittany have shared today, I just thought it was a much more, you know, a conversation that to me, it needs to be had more often. You know what I'm saying? Because we always For got sure. the, we always got the, we always got the chaos out here and there's always a headline of what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Especially being of the black and brown persuasion. But I think when things that are this dope are happening, on the platforms like they are, I think that these conversations should be had and they should be screamed. They should be yelled about, celebrated and everything else. So I, I really do appreciate the two of you. Um, Tony, um, before I let you go too, though, you have a new podcast and what, yes. is, your, what is your podcast called? And if My- Brittany's on there before I'm on there, it's going to be a problem. I just want to tell you that up front. If Brittany is, <laughs> if I find out, if I listen to an episode and Brittany so is on your podcast before I get an invite or or if that private jet happens and I ain't in that picture talking about and I look up and Brittany on there with her glass of champagne talking about girl I'm so hey, glad baby. you invited me look 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 Brittany is good for the life okay there, hashtag twerk shame no twerk shame on the jet um, but my podcast is called the corporate tea podcast we keep it simple and of course y'all know y'all can find me on um all social channels at the corporate T forward slash the corporate T and then of course the corporate T.com and the podcast is streaming on all platforms. And of course, and you, you guys are my, my partner sister podcast on radio influence. So we're, you know, we just, we, we putting in this work. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um, Seriously. so you'll, you'll come Hey, uh, 
Tony, guess what? What? I think this season, I'm just going to say this and put it out there. We can go to a Bucks game this year, Tony. I think we can go to a Bucks game this year. I'm going to go ahead and say that on the pod because you know Tony, a Bucks fan. Like, Brittany, I know you became Listen, a Bucks fan since last year. They were year. orange. <laughs> yeah. Since they were orange. Okay. Wow. Uh, right and and last year know. it wasn't really letting people in the stadium so tony had talked to me about it and i was like well they not even I was really like, let me let me carry your record like right. I'll, I'll be a helper <laughs> um, so, no, so this season wait. this season we're gonna go to a game matter of fact we're gonna, we gonna all three i'm gonna get britney up we're gonna all three go to a game we're gonna we're gonna stream it and all this other stuff and be on our social media acting up we're gonna but this season we're going to remember this. We're going to go to a Bucks game this year so we can see them world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers out there live and, and mark that down I'm or whatever. Where can, and so, um, and you'll come back soon. We got to, Tony, we got to find a way to get you on the pod like once a month because anytime people be yeah. asking for you by name, I'm like, wait a, wait a minute. Wait. But I just always okay. feel like when Tony speaks, I learn so much from you. Like, I'm just like Thank always you, just Brittany. soaking it in. Like, you really And did y'all vote locally? Because local votes, I don't know we if they did. have any. We you did. Okay? Yay. I did. And I did research girl, on every candidate. Like I found scandals. I was like telling other people about their scandals. I was like, we can't bring this person back. So yes, <laughs> I'm telling you inspire me. You t- teach me so much. I take everything you take, uh, say, I take it in. Like, I am almost, I am almost, if, if I didn't love the both of you so much, I would almost be offended by you telling me how much you learn when Tony's here. As if you don't <laughs> learn anything when I'm here. Did you hear? I, I'm like, I teach you know how much of stuff I teach Brittany. You know, again, this is centered in feelings and not facts, right? The fact <laughs> yes. is, when I come, she learns a lot. Let's stick with that <laughs> and not your feelings. Okay. No one Thank said you. she didn't learn anything from Egan. She said, when Tony comes, she learns so much. I don't know how we got there, but see, look at that count line this game. Okay. Now you got to, you know. Use your, use your, use your, your, use your facts, not your feelings. Okay. Facts, not feelings. Okay. <laughs> Brittany, where can they find you at on social media? Hashtag, do they just find you on the hashtag torque shaming or is there, there's a, there's you like. You can find me there. Okay. <laughs> or no, I'm on IG at brunch with Brittany and uh, on Twitter, I'm on brunch, brunch with Brit. Okay. Well, thanks to everybody for hanging out with us again uh, this week at the DJ Aiken Podcast. And shouts out to Tony once again for stopping by. Her new podcast is out there right now. It's called The Corporate Tea. All right. I got that right. The Corporate Tea. Of course, again, shouts out to Radio Influence for always having us. And again, if you're watching us on IG, I am getting better at this. Don't forget, like, subscribe, hit all those buttons down there and and talk to Brittany if you want to. I'll make her go there and talk back because, you know, she just she talks better than me because evidently like matter of fact, I'm going to ask Tony. I'm going to ask Tony to work my social media for a while because like like no. obviously it's a lot more I learning need y'all it's to a- work my social media y'all can swipe up <laughs> I can't even swipe up <laughs> it, it's a lot it's a lot more happening well, you they know. call it a, mi- a micro influencer I'm a micro influencer oh, hey, <laughs> hey but you got it working that's why I'm learning from you look I'm learning look I'm learning the word that matters but my bag ain't that's micro that's what I'm saying so monetization <laughs> that's the that's the that word for part. today that's the word for today man we go man once again I appreciate all the love man new episode drops every Friday the DJ can podcast with the lovely Miss Brittany Gonzalez. Tony, I love you. Thank you so much for saying 